And welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast, uh, Thursday, December the 16th. This is going to be our last one for the year um, because we've done a hell of a lot this year and it's time we all got a bit of a break and who knows where we're going with this wretched Omicron virus. But uh, Phil, are you fit and healthy? I think you just had a jab booster this morning, didn't you? I have, Andrew, and I feel thoroughly boosted. So nothing's happened yet, so I hope it's okay. Yeah, good. Okay, well, let's... Um, Actually, it's been a relatively quiet week, although there's been quite a lot of news today. For now. It's all sort of come flooding in. Um, but uh, maybe we should... Uh, I mean, it's been a hell of a year, hasn't it? Um, quite a roller coaster year. We've seen a lot of stocks, certainly the first half of the year, flying up. And a lot of them then came tumbling back down again in the second half of the year, leaving people feeling a little bit sore, I think. So, um, you know, quite where we go next year, no one really knows. Um, I think it's probably fair to say we're going to start to see interest rates edging up because we'll have to because inflation is roaring away. Um, but, you know, good growth stories in the UK equity market should be able to still perform. And, you know, as a general rule, I'd say over this year, transitional energy tech, because of the second half, it hasn't been an easy year. Would you agree with that summary? I think that is fair comment and probably quite a bit of it is the classic you know you have you have a a very sharp downturn um you have an equally quick apparent recovery um and then during that probably quite a bit of over exuberance and prices get ahead of themselves and then they tail off and then in the mix of it all you've got you know you've sort of got tapering relief from the from the banks um and now and now inflationary risk and supply chain issues of course which we've seen widely so not surprisingly it has been volatile certainly has anyway let, let's run through maybe um i mean i think a lot of our thematic views are pretty well known on this podcast we maybe come on to them a bit more at the end with our few more thoughts for next year but let's, let's go through a bit of the news Today was a big day, actually, for fuel cells. Um, we had a, a trading statement out of ITM updating us, which the market has taken pretty positively. I don't know if you had a quick look at that, Phil. Yeah, 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 I did, actually. No, this was the, um, yeah, it was a trading update. and They were commenting on uh, their um, electrolyzer backlogs. Uh, and and it was, I thought it was, it, was, it was very interesting, right? The market cap of this is 2.4 billion. The shares have basically been pretty flat over the year. And, and probably the reason for that is they did report their revenue in the six months to um, the end of October, and that was four million pounds with a gross loss of 2.4 million. So there's a 2.4 billion market cap. But the, of course, the wider story is this. I mean, it's just had 250 million of funding. Uh, it's building a new um, plant, uh, 1.5 gigawatt capacity in Sheffield, and they're saying that their backlog for electrolyzers, Andrew, I don't know if you saw, but it was up 60% since uh, September to the end of December at 500 megawatts. So there's a lot, you know, the, the seeing demand increasing quite significantly, uh, and also a lot expected of the company, but it shows the direction of of, of flow, and particularly for, for hydrogen. Uh, yeah, you don't want you don't, you don't want to put that on a measure of sales. That's what six hundred times sales, isn't it? Is it? It's uh, yes. You would have to wait um, a good couple, few hundred years to get your money back. But obviously, they're, they're ramping I mean, up. There. That's what I they're find so... extraordinary about it. And I mean, you know, yeah. the other one that also had a, a year-end um, operating statement. I think they called it was AFC. Yeah. Um, 
again, you know, it looks like they've got similar revenue at the moment. They're about a 400 million market cap, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's a hundred times sales. Um, I mean, there's lots and lots of, you know, it's interesting. They're quite different statements. The ITM one's quite short. The AFC one's incredibly long. Um, I'd actually go for the short one personally. Um, but that's a personal view. Uh, actually, the market's responded much better to ITM and AFC. But uh, actually, the best performing fuel cell company in the market today is Ceres Power. Didn't have an announcement, but a whole lot of banks have upgraded and it's up up 10%. Um, so it's been a good day for fuel cell companies. But I think the one thing to bear in mind is look, look, I hate to say it, there are an awful lot of fuel cell companies around the world. In the UK alone, you're talking tens and tens and tens of these things. They're, they're not at all that unique. And it's all about you've got to grab your market share and get into a position very early on, which means actually really having the right corporate structure and having the right shareholders, which ICM and Ceres have got, which is why they are the leading contenders in my view. Yeah, and they've, they've also got, it, um, Andrew, very strong industry partnerships as well and industry investment. Yeah, I, I sort of count that in with my corporate structure. That's what I mean. Not everyone right. always understands when I talk about corporate structure, but um, there we go. Also, I mean, worth mentioning today, whilst we're in the sort of, um, there was news today from AMTE Power, which, you know, we, we've talked again a bit about on this this um, podcast. We, we were rather dubious on the IPO. It went shooting up and has come drifting back down. It's now a discount to the IPO, actually. Um, they do actually look as though they've done a quite interesting deal today. Uh, they've been confirmed as a partner in this new government-funded project called Celeritas to develop mm-hmm. ultra-fast charging systems. Um, my only concern is, you know, as a company, is living off grants. You can't live off grants. You need real capital in there. Um, don't know. What did you, did you read that statement, Phil? Uh, no, I was looking at uh, I was looking at ITM, but the um. I don't know. It depends on the scale of the grants, but you're right. At some stage, you do need to commercialise your uh, commercialise your tech. Um, and I was reading a, port, a report about fast charging infrastructure uh, in the UK and at service stations and the dominance of one particular supply and how that needs to open up. So, you know, let's look forward to more news on that and and the you know the tech around it. Yeah, I mean, the AMT, they put in one really interesting statistic, I thought, which was that they say currently the best in class charging systems take approximately 22 minutes for a 10 to 80 percent charge for 280 mile range, which actually is pretty quick. Then it says the Celeritas project is aiming to deliver an 80 percent charge in just 12 minutes. Which would be very impressive. Um, But again, you know, the whole fast charging thing is a very interesting space. Look, it's a company I'd love to go and visit. Um, we, we're somehow going to have to go in there and see what's going on. Talking of um, fast charging, the pillar, of course, actually last Friday, so within the week since the last podcast, we had the Nexus infrastructure results and also um, a webinar with them. Well, not webinar, it was an analyst presentation, I think, where, and in that, one of the things they said, you may have other comments, is they said they were looking at spinning off a minority of their eSmart Energy division, which is basically their fast charging uh, or, or their EV charging division, um, possibly onto AIM or an, or a minority investment. I don't know what, what was your views on the Nexus. We, we talked again. We talked about it a lot in this podcast. We really like it as a company. We see similarities between Nexus and Alfen, which has been an incredibly successful Dutch company. What was your take on that, Phil? 
Well, I think look, I think they've done uh, extremely well to build that business up, actually, Andrew, and to create create value from it. it but it does, you know, it ties into some of their other businesses quite close as well. I mean, it's EV charging. They're also looking. You know, they've got a business called TriConnects, which connects, you know, for for new uh, new builds and new homes. Um, they connect up. TriConnects put in all of the the utilities, and of course, you know, and, and now increasingly it's things like fast broadband that goes in as a utility, uh, and and EV charging. So, you know, in some ways it, it does fit all together with that. Is spinning it off uh, in that structure the right thing to do? Don't know. I'm not sure, but they've certainly created value in these smart networks for the business. And and, and the shares have been a very good runner this year as well. Uh, they're up, I was just looking, over the 12 months, they're up nearly 50%. Mm, they, they, it's interesting. They have, you're absolutely right, uh, they've had a good run. Um, but after announcing they might spin off onto this this eSmart Energy onto um, uh, potentially onto AIM, what I found interesting was that the price actually hasn't gone up. In fact, drifted off slightly. Uh huh. In, in, indeed, and hence, you know, as, as you said, and kind of agree, is it is it the right thing to be doing, having created all that value internally and as part of the wider group already? And have that, another, uh, another one we need to look at in the new year, I think, Phil. Yeah. Um, so also, going back to that Friday, because we had a couple of bits of news on that Friday with companies that we, we, we like and are involved. We had Pressure Technologies, which is our, our hydrogen storage play, which we really like. They unfortunately on Friday, last Friday, announced that their, their audit partner got COVID, I think. And because of that, they're going to have to delay the results a little bit to, in order to get them audited. Uh, it's somewhat unfortunate after other delays they've had. And, and this sums up the whole... Unfortunately, COVID world, everything gets delayed the whole time because people get COVID, have to isolate. They can't. They're working from home, so they can't get things done. Supply chain issues. It's this, you know, 2021 has been a story of supply chain issues and delays. And let's just hope it isn't in 2022. We want a better year. We we do, but despite all of that, there has been lots going on and i don't know if you saw andrew that uh, there was a report came out on battery storage in the states and it says the third quarter of 2021 almost as much energy storage was deployed in the us as recorded for the whole of 2020 that was in the third quarter so you know clearly there's <laughs> there's a lot of build activity and investment um, going on in the uh, in that particular space and also interestingly enough in terms of energy transition i'm sure you've come across semcore singapore based um, oil rig builder but they've got a subsidiary semcore energy and they've announced a plan to build a 360 megawatt battery storage facility uh, be the largest in Europe, and they're going to be doing this in Teesside uh, in the UK. That was announced this week. Did they so, say what batteries? Uh, no, they haven't specified that one, but I did see an announcement. Um, this was about six days ago uh, from California, and they granted uh, permits for battery storage projects of up to two gigawatts in output. Um, they said that may host lithium ion and flow battery systems. Uh, I mean, let's look, yeah, we're going to have to address this one. Let's talk about Infinity Energy Systems because it is one of our favourite clients. Um, it, it has been very disappointing recently. Obviously, we have just raised them £29 million through a £25 million placing and a £4 million open offer, which was 
98% taken up. Um, prices drifting off again. So people first will understand the the TR1s we're seeing at the moment out of um, there are various of them. Obviously, it's the it's the big shareholders like BCI, uh, Johnson Chang uh, will almost certainly do it. GSR will almost certainly. They didn't take part in the placing. It was such a big placing that of course their percentages go down. They're not selling. It's just they didn't buy. Uh, and I think the market has got the wrong end of the stick there. Uh, and the other thing, of course, is, you know, we, we're not hearing any new news. And yet we do read, as you say, these articles that two gigawatts of Californian power is going into flow batteries. And, and Invinity have told us that they're going to win business out of California. And you think, well, why aren't they naming Invinity? Or haven't Invinity won it? I mean, the answer is there's no other flow battery company basically out there, as far as we're aware. So it must be Invinity. We just need them to announce it. I'm actually hoping, hoping, hope is the right word, I think, to go to Vancouver on January the 1st. But with the way COVID's going, you never quite know. Um, but I've done all my apps, my boosters, my passes, you name it. God, it's so confusing. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go and kick these guys, I think, because obviously we can go and look at their facility and you know, find out where the hell these damn sales are, because that's what we need. Get some sales going through that business and it will perform like Billio. And I'd have to say, you know, if I had to pick a stock for 2022, it would be Invinity Energy Systems, not because I'm a stat record, but to be honest with you, 2022 for Invinity is do or die year. Um, they either do produce all these sales, which they say they will, in which case the stock will rocket, or they don't, and frankly, it's dead. Um, so it's it's pretty black and white now, um, but I'm happy to suggest that they will get the sales and therefore I would bet on it. Well, there we, there we are. Now, um, continuing the theme of of transitional energy i don't know if you've seen the media reports about schroders i did actually yeah <laughs> which is close to my heart Bill. <laughs> indeed um and this and they've come out they said they're in advanced talks to take a significant stake quote in green coat capital uh, and i think that's one we've talked about before uh green coat involved in investing in uh, solar and wind uh, mainly um, from what I've seen of Greencoat. So so there we are. So Schroeder's potentially expanding their capacity um, in the space and uh, obviously seeing growth opportunity. I haven't had a chance yet to talk to my son about that. Um, he obviously runs the Schroeder's Global Energy Transition Fund. So I'm sure that they would be run actually, they're slightly different style funds. So they'd be run very differently, but I'm sure they'd have interesting conversations across the coffee machine. Well, there, there we go. So what about in tech? What are you seeing in tech recently, Phil? Anything? Um, in terms of results, I think the only, the only other one I saw was a trading update from Midwich Group, uh, MIDW, uh, one we talked about before. The market cap's £571 million. Pounds, um, and uh, they are a specialist distributor of audio-visual equipment. So all of those screens, sound systems, all the stuff you need, projectors in the uh, you know in in offices and in businesses, and particularly now increasingly for for video calls. But they said that uh, despite ongoing product shortages, the group trading performance has been stronger than expected, and this was since their interims. Um, in September, and as a result, the board expects adjusted profit for tax uh, will be not less than 30 million materially ahead of previous expectations. So that's well, that, that's positive news for Midwich, um, and also a reflection probably of what is happening as we 
and uh, say this carefully, but as we have been coming out, some of the worst effects of COVID and lockdowns, uh, home working, and that's more and more it's digitization of businesses. Um, and that's taking on more and more cloud services, buying hardware, you know, like this. And I think there's been quite a theme, you know, looking to the year ahead of, of where tech investment is. And it's a spread of technology investment across all areas of businesses as they seek to digitize, to become more efficient. Um, and they're, they're benefiting from that theme. Mm. I, I also saw yesterday Eco um, uh, is going to make an acquisition of a company called Syntech for 31 million. Um, and they did a placing about 13.7 million. Um, actually, my mother owns that in her IHT portfolio that I run, but we will not be participating in the placing. I think this time of year you want your books closed. Um, and I also saw Curry's were somewhat disappointing yesterday, weren't they? With their mm. interims. Yeah. You know, and I think there is a, a sort of a feeling, you know, the whole tech and tech distribution, people setting up their home offices, you know, that's all now happened. Yeah. And, you know, we're now going into this slightly back to normal, should we say, you know, the, the one-off lift to a certain extent has been had. So I think you just need to be a little bit careful on on tech now, particularly those that have performed really well. Um, just, you know, maybe a little bit of caution being thrown in there. Yeah, that's right, and especially on uh, technology valuations as well, because you know as we've discussed, if interest rates start to rise, uh, that can affect tech valuations, particularly discount rates that are applied as well. So, uh, yeah, and um, I, I, sorry, Andrew. No, no, I think that's why we focus so much on you know some of the stocks you just mentioned, like Nexus and Pressure Technologies, etc. No, they're not highly valued; they're very low. But they've got all the, the growth that the high tech's got. And so that's one of the key bits when I certainly look to make an investment is I want to be able to, I don't want to overpay for something. I want to something that's got the fundamentals behind it as well. Yeah, I think an interesting theme for next year, I think, Andrew, is is this is it's valuations, not overpaying. And also, can they, you know, will they be able to cope with inflation? Um um, supply chains may may actually ease over next year. We will see, but um, it's you know their ability to cope with inflationary pressures, and of course, and what happens with currencies as well. True, actually, because currencies are going all over the shop as right now as well. Um, move, we should probably move on to, to brand side again. Just going to sort of results. Samacan, one of our favourite. Uh, it's actually it's becoming more of a tech than a brands company, really, isn't it? But you can discuss that in a second. But they had results, interim results today. I mean, what I thought was interesting about the interim results, really, what they're saying is, look, we're positioning ourselves for a massive consolidation game here, and and they almost certainly are going to be consolidated, um, but at a significantly higher price than we are currently. But they also just sneaked into their statement that they are actually now doing sales for the Hut Group or THG, um, because. You know they have mastered and have the relationships in place in order to sell brands into China, particularly with SF Express, who are a shareholder of Samarkand. And THG probably haven't mastered how to sell into China, so they are starting to send their product through Samarkand, and that could increase their sales dramatically. But they also just announced they've signed up with Strawberry Net in Hong Kong, and they're signing up with all these channels channels to market and all they've got to do is then push product through it and your, your growth accelerates like I don't know what and as we've talked again on this podcast there's so much consolidation of aggregators and accelerators 
Um, but yeah, they had their figures today. Stock stock prices unchanged, um, which is fine actually. I'm not unhappy with an unchanged price currently in the market. Yeah, I, I think uh, I thoroughly endorse what you say there, Andrew. But uh, what is I think really interesting comes out of it is that they got a powerful software platform that does something that others don't um, and is increasingly being used by enterprises uh, to be able to work through uh, and supply the, the China e-commerce market. So there's, you know, and as I said in our research as well that we did, there's there's real inherent value um, in fairly unique, unusual software platforms. And of course, other, you know, other software businesses can take these platforms and integrate them into their overall offering. Uh, to to you know to perform a specific function, and my word, are they have highly valued? I mean, talks our research again about globally, that's like twenty times sales. Shopify's platform has been a tremendous success globally in e-commerce, and again, that's on over twenty times sales in ratings. So, software platforms will always have very high intrinsic value. Well, and that's why they get called up potentially in the consolidation goes in it because if you're on twenty times sales. And I think Sam Candle are probably on board about four times sales. Yeah. Um, you know, you can offer somebody eight times sales and it's still, you know, enhancing to your shareholders. So, and that's obviously why we think, you know, there could be a, a very big takeout price at some stage for this group. Um, anyway, we will see. Right, what else you got, Phil? If you've got anything, or we can just wish all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Please don't catch COVID. Please enjoy yourself. Um, and all that sort of stuff. There we are. I think that's that's a good way to end to end the year. And very much looking forward to the new year. I'm sure it'll be as exciting as this one. Well, and we may we may uh start the first week of January, but I may be in Vancouver, which I don't mind recording from Vancouver, although the, the timing is slightly different. Um, but we'll just have to see. But as I said, you know, please, everybody who's listening to this, have a have a great Christmas. Have a bit of a break. I think we could all do it. It's been one hell of a year uh, in the equity markets, flying around all over the place. If you've got things you want us to talk about next year, please, please let us know. If you've got comments about this podcast, let us know. Uh, if you want to sponsor this podcast, let us know. <laughs> we can do sponsorship <laughs> next year. Um, and uh, But enjoy yourselves and speak in 2022. Will do, and a happy Christmas to you.